Welcome everyone to Davos Fingers coverage of House of the Dragon. This is episode 130, King of the Narrow Sea. I'm Scatty, and with me as always is my buddy Matt. Hey everybody. As you know, we're back at it again, tickled to continue our weekly coverage of HBO's House of the Dragon series, of course, based on George R.R. Martin's book, Fire and Blood, covering the history of the Targaryens. Today, we're going to chat about episode four of House of the Dragon. As Scad said, it's called King of the Narrow Sea. Yeah, interesting title for all the content we have in this episode to focus on. Anyway. We're releasing these things once a week, right? Every time they release an episode, we digest it, we look into it, we cover it. Uh, dropping these episodes usually on Friday mornings uh, for well, for those on the, in, in the United States anyway. Uh, Friday mornings, and uh, we try to keep it spoiler free for you guys. So if you if we're, we're just really covering up to this episode and not going too much further than that, uh, if you've read the book though, or you don't care about spoilers and just want to hear it all anyway. Stick around for a special segment at the end called Dragons After Dark. We'll talk book spoilers and predict what's coming in the next episode that is at that point just like two days away. So yeah, give it a listen. Yeah. I feel like we've done, we did really good at predicting things at the start and now we're not doing quite so well with our predictions. We're getting less some good. good ones in there, but I'm gonna make good. A, I'm going to make another prediction at the end of the episode that I've made the last two episodes. <laughs> at some point it's going to happen it's going to happen it's going to happen it's going to happen you can all you can check these, you can check out these weekly house of the dragon episodes wherever you find your podcast well most everywhere you can also find them on our youtube channel i even put together a little playlist so you can find that at our youtube channel that all the house of the dragon episodes are just right there all in a row uh and you can find us to chat with us at we are davos fingers at gmail.com we got a lovely email from an old friend eric today thank you eric that really made my day hearing from you again after a couple of years uh, you can find us on Twitter at Davos Fingers. We're on Facebook. Um, you can leave us a comment on said YouTube page. And you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Davos Fingers. All right. So let's get into this thing. Before we do, just due to the content of episode four, everybody, uh, the topics that we might discuss tonight may come around to things like sexual violence and consent and things like that. So we'll make every effort to be really delicate in these conversations, but um, we'll also give fair warning before we do so that uh, you can disengage if that's best for you. Absolutely. Well, let's dive in. Let's do it. So this episode starts with an old guy prattling on and on at Rhaenyra, offering his hand in marriage. Super interesting. Very mm -hmm. interesting. Not interesting. At least his pitch. <laughs> at least his pitch isn't very interesting. The scene is quite interesting. Um, but you can tell, well, the very first shot, I think, is Rhaenyra kind of fiddling with her necklace. Like, she's and not engaged in this. It's she's the Valyrian steel necklace. The Damon Gay. Notably, guy. yes. Damon Gay, yeah. Guy. yep. She looks amazing in her dress. She looks fantastic. The guy who never paid attention to costumes in any show ever is all of a sudden, I just can't wait to see what the characters are wearing the next episode. And, Ray, and Rhaenyra specifically, too. I feel like oh they're really... Allison, looks, Allison had that cool red and black dress this week that was really cool, but I feel like they're killing it with Rhaenyra. Yeah. And she was a little more revealing than she has been before. I guess it's probably because of the whole suitor situation, showing off some shoulder. She looked amazing, but then covers it up with a nice jacket in the next scene. Oh, I mean, 
Listen, Fabulous. I'm not I'm not the one to do much much fashion coverage, but I will say, like you, costumes are not usually something that move the needle for me, but they look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the characters really they're doing a good job with but Rhaenyra specifically for me uh, this Baratheon guy looks the part I kind of like this Lord Baratheon he looks he looks Baratheon-y and he um, looks so embarrassed for yes <laughs> for <like> everyone <laughs> for everyone he's like this guy shouldn't be offering you should be nicer this whole thing is just terrible <laughs> oh my god! put your, put so your hard. swords away yeah put your swords away <laughs> Yeah. Uh, on that note, that's probably the you know the major thing to talk about with this scene is we get uh, uh, introduced to the long-held animosity of the Blackwoods and the Brackens, which of course for seasoned readers of A Song of Ice and Fire, that's something that's well established. But for show watchers, this is uh, potentially kind of a new wrinkle to George's world building. Yeah, did they not? Maybe they didn't cover that in Game of Thrones. I don't know. Um, At least not in any great detail, not, not to this extent. Detail. Yeah, it's a nice little nod to to book reader fans. Uh, it, it was nice to see. It is actually right in the text of Fire and Blood. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a, one line. It says, "A Blackwood and a Bracken fought a duel over her hand in 113 AC or something." Um, so it's you know it's right out of there. I didn't really like it. It feels, I don't know. I guess I'm just too civilized, Matt, for this world. But I. I just can't imagine people are letting their heirs kill each other like this right. over nothing. It's just yeah. hard for me. It, it, it takes me out of it. It removes me from it. And it's in the book. So like, I shouldn't complain about it, but it like, it's still kind of, I don't love it. We're going to talk about consent a lot in this episode. And it's almost like with the dual type thing, it's like one guy pulls a sword and the other guy responds by pulling his sword. That implies consent. And everyone yeah. just kind of has to let the two do their thing. And but it is, like you said, it feels like a waste of heirs. That... And these aren't just anybody. I mean, the Blackwoods yeah. are a huge house. You're going to send your top guy over yeah. to ask for the queen's hand. So princesses I, at this point. The Blackwood stands on the line are funny and you know, celebrating this kid, you know, out, mm-hmm. out duels this older, much bigger guy. But did you notice that the Bracken pulled like a dirk? He had like a dirk. Like yeah. A, yeah. 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 Anyway, compared to a full on sword. Listen, I um, still feel like I could probably slaughter my 10 year old if I had a Dirk and he had a long sword, but still, <laughs> I just want to point out it was I a more fair fight than it looked from the outset. I wonder if this will bear fruit in the future. We're already seeing this four episodes in where they do tiny little things that lead to things later that maybe they really want us to get to know this Blackwood and Bracken. Mm-hmm animosity, this Hatfield and McCoy thing that they have going on. Um, maybe that will come be of more importance later on in, in this season or future seasons. Uh, I don't know. Um, and it could just be that, you know, this show's got a lot of talking, this particular episode, and we have to get some violence in somewhere. So <laughs> here you go. <laughs> you, you know I hate that as a policy. Violence sure. doesn't need to be added just to add it. But I get what you're saying. And we also, this show's also thrown in a lot of different um, kind of societal things into it. We talked about the gold cloaks and King's Landing and uh, things like that. And so this is another one of those of, we like to see the bullied guy win one Mm. every once in a while. And yeah, 
skips. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't like to see the bullied guy kill the other guy. But yes, yes. In general, it would have been cool if he could have just like embarrassed him or something. Like yes. knocked his his dagger out of his hand and like had his sword up to his throat or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't it's know. it's cool. It's cool. The it other is. main thing about this scene, really, that we're supposed to take from it, is just Rainier has had it up to here with this whole effort. She gets back on the boat and goes home. It is not supposed to be over. She's supposed to be continuing her tour to Bitterbridge, right? To continue seeing new, new people, Clay, you know, making an offer for her hand. And she's just done with it. She yeah. leaves and gives up on it. I think when she was told that she was going to be able to pick her husband, she didn't imagine that it was going to come with these conditions of, yeah. this is how you're going to pick it, dear. I'm yeah. going to plan all these major events at the big houses and you're going to have to sit through all of them. So this show has done a good job of kind of telling us how much time has passed between episodes usually. I didn't get that here. We can see that Allison is no longer pregnant. We see Helena, the, the new baby, looks, I don't know, six months old. At a least. I had a six-month-old, but yeah. maybe that she's, she's a chunky she's, little, she's a, she's chunky a little chunky, monkey. You love it. She looks healthy. You love to see, it. To see, love it. To see yeah. it. Yeah. I like to see it. Yeah. Uh, so maybe six, six-ish, seven-ish months have passed. And she was pregnant at the time, so we could go up to a year. I think she was pretty uh, yeah. pregnant though. She was, she was, but I'd say yeah. six months to a year, six yeah, months somewhere to in there. Yeah. So anyway, the whole, who cares about the exact number, but what I was really getting at is maybe, maybe this tour is like, you've been dragging your feet. You said you'd look, it is somewhat urgent that we find you a match. One yep. that you like, fine, great. Let's go do that. But if she was dragging her feet, maybe they're like, well, maybe let's see if you can meet somebody if we send you out on the road to meet new people you haven't met before. Let's yep. give you some options. But it does feel, of course, you know, forced, which, <laughs> which is beside the point of, you know, was promised. Yep. So. One more quick thing. Our buddy Dent uh, pointed this out today. A cool little light. I just thought this was cool enough that I wanted to bring it up. As they're leaving storm's end Kristen cole says to rainiera we're doing bitter bridge in three days time of course bitter bridge is where catlin stark in the main series went and that's when they had that whole summer nights speech and that experience that she had there and we're kind of seeing that same thing happening here with the summer nights thinking they're all cool and killing each other and stuff um and i thought that was an interesting little call out good job noticing that dent yeah, the Knights of Summer. And they made a reference, I don't know if they called it that, but they made a similar reference in an earlier episode where they were saying, I think it was Rayanus, uh, watching the tourney, that's episode one, uh, where she was just saying, these knights don't know how to fight. They're, mm-hmm. They've never been in battle. We've had 50 years of peace. Right. right? And uh, that's, yeah, that kind of rearing its head again. Yeah. 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 Good pickup, Dan. So then Damon returns. I love it that uh, we see the the next scene is Rhaenyra and Kristen and and that whole party on their way back to King's Landing. It's not too far of a sea voyage, kind of just up the way a little bit. Uh, And Damon literally rocks the boat. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was weird. Um, Good good joke. Yeah. Well done, Dad. I'm a father. (laughs) I I thought that was weird. It's like... uh... I mean, like you can get the intimidation factor by just like swooping in real low. Like it seems kind of dangerous to actually hit the boat, you know? So Damon, it's very so Damon. Damon. Yeah. 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 Then they all show up in the throne room. Okay. Um, 
interesting that Viserys isn't sitting on the throne and we don't see him sit on the throne. Uh, <laughs> and and then, interesting that they brought like the whole kingdom in to see this event. Like it seems, this seems like something maybe you'd want to do in private. You don't know like how in it's the council go. room or something. Yeah. Well, even in the throne room, but like they bring in hundreds of people to, to see this. Right. And I don't know if they proactively brought him in, but they didn't keep them out. Yeah. You know? Right. So yeah, that's a good point. Just weird. I, and then I thought it was weird that Rhaenyra wasn't at the throne with him. This is mm. acknowledged error. I thought she should be there by his side. Obviously she's worried that he's going to be upset with her, which he is. So maybe she doesn't want to be, she wants to keep that distance, yeah. but for formality's sake, I thought she should be there. Nobody. Yeah. Cares. To show like a united front, not necessarily against Damon, but this is your family up here. We're together, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, we mentioned the title. So we get in this scene on Damon's return. He basically tells them when he won this, when he won the battle for the Stepstones, they named, they named him the King of the Narrow Sea. And it's an okay name, I guess, but it's such a small piece of this episode. I feel like they could have done something. That's as far as the episode title, because he takes off yeah. the crown and he's like, but I'm done with that now because yes. you're the one true king. And then it's over five it's minutes over. into the episode. It's, yeah, it's not a big part of the episode other than like, it shows him like, you know, giving himself back to his brother and, you know, kneeling to him and stuff. But I don't know, there's just so much more interesting emotional stuff going on in this episode. I thought they would have leaned into some of those things a little more, but uh street of silk street of silk could have been a good name for this episode hmm yeah let's we should think of some more uh titles for this one anyway well i don't know job. they don't pay the kohori uh tapestries i don't know <laughs> tapestries of kohor speaking of which how about that awkward hug they give each other <laughs> when, uh, oh. <laughs> when he tells him to rise and then like if for those who i'm sorry for those who aren't watching and are just listening but damon like puts his forehead down and kind of just like runs Leans it into, into the king's shoulder and then just kind of like rests it there like i, I assume you've seen the movie Step Brothers. Yeah. yeah where will ferrell is i think it's adam scott is his brother in that film mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they have to give a hug and it's just like this awkward fighting <laughs> like they almost slap each other in the middle and like I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't that awkward, but it was pretty bad. This is yeah, it's like one where you tell your kid like, "Give me a hug," and they're like, "Fine." <laughs> he just like digs his shoulder into yeah. the king's chest. That's or not his yeah. shoulder, his forehead. Yeah, uh, and it's it's hilarious, but um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, good job, Damon. I mean, good diplomacy, right? I mean, he says the right things. He seems uh, to mean it. Uh, he seems earnest uh in what he's saying and yeah says all the right things good job damon to... he's a master at this at reeling people back in just so he can punch him in the face again yeah yeah yep. at this point does he do it on purpose or is it just come natural? i don't know i anyways yeah well we'll get we'll get to more of that later on the stone drunk in the cold stone floor scene mm-hmm yeah <laughs> so then they go outside for just a little luncheon out it's, in the garden it's lovely yeah they are i tell you what they're getting their money's worth on this tree this <laughs> weirwood tree is it's like in every shot we develop this tree for six months and you are going <laughs> to use it use it for at least yes. a quarter of every single episode <laughs> we follow the seven i don't care 
you will die in the God's wood. <laughs> Viserys will not shut up about how much their mother loved Damon more. Yeah. Damon doesn't deny it. And he can't stop touching Damon either. Did you notice that? He kept like putting his hand on his shoulder, almost like too much. Like if I were the yeah. director of the episode, I'd be like, okay, cut. Dial Patty, Patty, hand down at your side. <laughs> you you can touch him twice. That's the quota. <laughs> That's all you get. Like every time it was just like hand on the shoulder, hand on the shoulder, hand on the... And I think I... it's excitement. I think that was intentional. He's so happy in feeling like things are okay now. Yeah. Because he's not a confrontation guy. Viserys wants there to be good feelings. He wants there to be parties. He wants everyone to be smiling. And his brother just apologized to him. They hugged it out in front of everybody. And now he's just so happy. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I, I think it's, it's uh, you know, he loves his brother. And in, in, it's very evident in Fire and Blood that, that he mentions it a few times. Like, Viserys loves his brother. He forgives him a lot of things. In the in the show House of the Dragon, there he says, he frequently says I've been defending you your whole life. All these things in Fire and Blood, it feels much more like I've loved you your whole life. You are you're my boy, Blue. You know, mm -hmm. like <laughs> he loves him. He is really happy to have him back. Forgiving him was, I think, an easy thing for him to do, right? And he wants to do it. Like you said, it, it removes a lot of the conflict, but also he just loves his brother. He really does, yeah. you know. And for all his crap. You know that he puts them through, but uh, I I love I love the the stuff about Alyssa, uh, their father, their their uh, mother, their mom. Yeah, the little the little lore drops for those of us that know. Uh, it says in Fire and Blood, she claimed she herself claimed that she was as body a wench as any barmaid in King's Landing. Yeah, Alyssa's great. Mm -hmm. uh, I took him for a ride, and I might take him for another later or something. So another thing she says, referring to having just uh, bedded her new husband, her brother. Her big brother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Old brother, Baylon. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Alicent is, uh, well, the tapestries. So, so, so Rhaenyra, uh, or Alicent asks if they want to go look at the tapestries. Great little piece of humor from Patty. Uh, you know, he does. Would you like to go look at? You can't even keep it it's together. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's really it's well so, delivered. It's so rude to Alicent. It is it so is rotten. Very mean to Alicent. Uh, and then Rainier says, "I'll go look at them alone, I guess." And and we get we get that coldness from. Viserys. And Viserys goes full on caddy with her, doesn't he? He's yes. like, "Yeah, why don't you?" Yeah, why don't you go go enjoy yourself? Or don't like, rob yourself. Whoa. See you later. <laughs> Yeah, he's not pleased that she's, you know, she stopped this this tour of husbanding, right? Mm -hmm. Husband shopping. Mm -hmm. So she, instead of going in and looking at the tapestries, she just goes and sits down on the bench, and we get a nice little moment for Alicent and Rhaenyra. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice. It it's it's interesting storytelling because you get the sense that they've been kind of growing apart, as maybe happens when your best friend marries your dad. <laughs> among other things and, and replaces or gives an heir to, to, to your challenge uh, of, of your of your title right I mean it, there's a lot kind of there that that has been driving a wedge between them but they both I mean they both seem like they really miss each other yeah. legitimately yeah and some of that old connection just comes right back almost naturally yeah it's really beautifully acted 
yeah, she she does give her a a very uh, burn moment, right? Where she says, "What a what a wonderful life to just be locked in a castle, popping out airs." Yeah, like is, pooping out airs or something. What does she say? Like spitting them out? I, yeah, hatching or uh, something. Something I don't remember. Yeah. I watched it three times. Pop, and I still squeeze, remember. squeezing squeezing out airs. That's what it is. Thank you. And uh, she notices that she's just described Allison, and she does. She does send she out gives a little her, like, sorry. A little, sorry. A, little, a little sorry. Very sorry. small. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. And then but 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 you do get pissed. You do get that sense from Allison and, and more a sense. We'll get into more of this later, but yeah, more a sense of how really rough her life has been, I think. And that that this is the first part of the first scene in this episode that really kind of lays into that, and we'll get more of it. Yeah. She got to become a queen, but at what price? Right. Yeah. All the um, just another costume note you brought it up a little earlier Allison's dress looks great and it's black and red and we see that she has another black and red dress on later um maybe indicating that she's getting more into this she's becoming more and more of a Targaryen yeah but she's supposed to be wearing green you think they're not going to lean into that if she's got that blacks and greens things no I think they've got to just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure okay. Um, okay, I don't have too much to say about the next scene where we're back in the Godswood. We are, but this time, um, just down with two people. Yeah. So Rhaenyra and Daemon, and uh, really, I, I mean, I think the main point to take from this is it's not really clear why Daemon has come has come home. He says he wants the comforts of home. Yeah. But bull the, crap. The, the main point here is, well, I'd say two things. There's a connection between these two. They, they, they have a, they have a relationship where they trust each other. They enjoy talking to each other. They like you. Eh, trust maybe as far, but they, I, I think you know they they see each other. They can be open with bit. each other. They can be open yeah. with each other, and I think they see a mirror a little bit, right? I yeah. think they they feel like they're very similar people. And, he know, can say pretty awful things about his wife, and she will just laugh at it. Yeah. And, because she also doesn't want the trappings of, of marriage. Okay. And, that, and that's, that's then the other thing, the other main kind of thematic thing that we see in this scene is it's, it's made very apparent that, um, you know, the differences between being a married man in Westeros and being a married woman in Westeros. Correct. Damon continues to, to lay into her about just get married. You can still do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And she's like, He's planting well, that seed. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, I can't do that. Right, women don't get that level of power and control. When we're married, we're put in that tower, just like she just told Allison. Right, right. And you know, Damon's saying, "Nah, nah, that's not the way." She's like, "It's different for women." And I think we're gonna see that a lot in this episode, where Correct. the, you know, they're hitting us with a hammer about how terrible it is to be a woman in Westeros, and they're right, but it, it, they're driving this point in this episode to be very clear. Um, Correct. The minor note about the captions. They got to figure these captions out because I'm an old guy and I couldn't read. They're too small. Oh, when they do, when they're speaking Valyrian, yeah. the font size and everything it's is tiny. quite different. And it's, and it's like this weird yellow that like mm. blends in sometimes to the You're the right. You're right. And I don't, if they want to speak Valyrian, fine. I could care less. I don't care about the Valyrian crap, but I've, I've got eyes like a hawk. So it didn't even affect me, man. Good for you. 
Good for you. Well, uh, let's look out for our, our visually challenged friends like Scad here and yeah. help them out a little Just bit. Just saying. <laughs> uh, small note too before we move on. Uh, it's made note that Rainier's mother was made to make heirs until she died. She died in the birthing bed. She died trying to make heirs. heirs. That's also how Alyssa died. Damon's mm-hmm. mom and Rainier's grandma. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, it's a reasonably common theme in the Targaryen line. Um, I think probably probably all the houses, all, you know, all the people. It's reasonably common in this in this world. But, um, you know, they, they have that in common. And yep. so for her to have that fear of, I don't want to just be laying in bed popping out airs. To that's death not, sentence. That's, yeah, that's not just a idle... I'd rather have a freer life. It's I'd rather not die mm-hmm. making babies for you over yep. and over again. Yep. Good call out. Uh, this, this wouldn't be a House of the Dragons episode without a council meeting. And here we get a brief yeah. one. And first notice is that Rhaenyra is there. Yes. Not as seated. a cupbearer, yeah. seated, uh, taking part in the, in the council. Um, they bring up that we, he says, we traded a crab feeder for a sea snake. Are we to understand that Corliss is now taxing the Stepstones sea lanes? They didn't, they that's kind what of it sounds glossed like. over it. Cause then they say, is this revenge for everything that's happened? Yeah. It's, it's a little weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Fire and blood doesn't go this route at all. It doesn't. Uh, there's, no. They, I don't feel like in Fire and Blood they play up this conflict with Corliss and Viserys at all. I don't, I don't, you know, I didn't get the sense there was any conflict between Corliss and Viserys. He feels uh, passed over. They right? talk about how like he didn't show up to the wedding. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Viserys yeah, married Alicent. Right. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So he feels spurned, right, for this, mm-hmm. but he never takes it to like. I mean, this is treason, basically, right? I mean, that's what if, if that's what they're saying, yeah, that's the impression I get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Damon has said it, it's a little, it's a little contradictory because in the earlier scene, you know, they say who who controls the step zones, and he says the crabs. You know, nobody like we just left dead bodies there. Nobody's in control, and then now we hear, oh no, Corliss actually is in control. It's like the same day. So we right. got a little bit of conflicting information. Yeah, maybe he was saying that in public, but then the king's spies or he had people yeah. out there that reported back. No, Corliss's ships are completely camped out in the Stepstones. Yeah, but, and this this is also where we get the the note about the marriage pact, is it not? Yes, uh, that Lana is potentially going to be betrothed to a prince of Bravos, the Sea Lord of Bravos's son. Yeah, and. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, they they kind of talk about it as a threat, almost like the Valerians would be joining with a new triarchy, right? And so, yeah, we'll see where this goes. It's it's certainly interesting. Yeah, um, they're already sort of starting to plant seeds with, well, maybe we should get Leonor in here. Yeah. Wink, wink, Rhaenyra. Exactly. We might need to counter their marriage pact with one of our own, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little weird. I mean, so they've set in this show, I feel like they've set the Valerians to be this uber powerful house and at this time they were they were one of the most powerful rich families in westeros but i feel like they're overdoing it a little bit yeah it's well i mean they're not gonna they can't take on the whole of westeros they own a few rocks Driftmark is you know like they're not 
they're just not they can't field enough people they couldn't really make a battle or their or, big or power is at sea yeah yeah but i guess that's maybe yeah. what they're saying if they then go make an alliance with bravos and other free cities then all of a sudden we actually have some sort of if they try to put rayanus's name up there to be like she should have been the queen when they start an actual rebellion that would be problems maybe that's combining going, but yeah valerian naval power with you know the cell sword companies that right. are common over on the other side of the narrow sea indeed you could put together potentially a powerhouse yeah yeah maybe that's what they're going for it feels but, just what i think of the valerians in general it doesn't it doesn't speak to me yeah. as a real threat but especially because set it up we're pretty accustomed to the Valerians of the main series, which yeah. is essentially nothing at that yes. point. Right. Yeah, Corliss has built quite an empire. Yes. Yep. Um, but then we get to kind of the mm -hmm. the main piece of the episode in a way. The main thrust, if you uh, will. Scad. <laughs> Good one. Um, I titled this on our agenda, Rhaenyra's Night Out slash Alicent's Night In. Uh, they, they did this, you know, notably in episode one, where they were cutting from the tournament to the birthing bed, back and forth, back and forth. Here, they're kind of doing that back and forth, back and forth again, with contrasting Rhaenyra and Queen Alicent, right? With Alicent, uh, this is maybe the life Alicent feels she missed out on with Rhaenyra's out doing living and having fun while Alicent is living the life Rhaenyra is in line for if she gets what she wants and becomes the queen yeah so it's kind of interesting there yeah it's very much a contrast uh, of these two of these two lives at least as they're being lived now it's a little mm -hmm. funny because it's not like Rhaenyra goes it's not like this is her real life she doesn't go do this every night or anything Correct. Um, Although but, in Fire and Blood, it said Damon at night would yeah. smuggle her from her rooms dressed as a page boy and take her secretly to brothels on the street of silk, according yeah. to Mushroom. Um, so it sounds like he did it more than once. But uh, yeah, in, in this one, it, one time. It, yeah, yeah. Well, he's on. That's always around for. Yeah. So in, in Fire and Blood, it's it's brought up that he's there for six months in King's Landing after returning. I think he lasts this new piece with his brother lasts a day. Yeah, a couple two days. days. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's long. into the next morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's not long, uh, and so they yeah they've condensed what is, um, you know, months of Damon kind of grooming. Grooming. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a word we'll use here. I think. I, I think it's apt. I mean, she is. Mm -hmm she appears to be you know interested in in where he takes her through the night and even in the end journey she seems at first a little taken aback and a little shocked and then she seems interested but let's right. not forget that the power dynamic in play here is such that she is really being taken advantage of by an older man who she thinks highly of that she thinks is a danger and kind of a you know yeah. he's the the fun uncle if you want to look at it very simply the funkle he's he's for certain taking advantage of her yeah he knows that too and he knows he it. knows how she feels about him yes mm -hmm. and knows how to use his his charms if you want to call them that right to get what he wants and yep. what he wants isn't even that there's another 
another element to this that he doesn't really even want her, right? He wants power and the throne. And we see that in this scene. I don't know, we kind of skipped the whole <laughs> the whole rest of the no. city scene here and jumped to the let's talk the about game, it. But, go yeah. for it. Yeah, while you're on it. Go ahead, go for it. Which back, uh, back what he wants. What he wants. Well, I, I I think we get so I didn't notice it the first time, but what we get in the pleasure house is him they're they're going it looks like they're about to have sex mm-hmm. it looked like he wanted to it looked like he was going to and then i didn't catch it the first time that i didn't get what was happening i was like he just chose to stop because he realized it was wrong or he realized he didn't want it right. but the second time watching and, and watching the in inside the episode thing they say that he he actually couldn't perform right and again again or, yeah we see that we saw that with with my Saria in an earlier episode and there is a brilliant music cue that happens it's like it's like a it's record a, scratch it's a, yeah but it's, it's but, but, with a movie score <laughs> yes uh i was cackling the second right, the second time right. when i heard yeah. it i was just cackling yeah. yeah yeah um but but i think you see that mm. you know maybe what he's after is power and this yeah not not actually that interested in Rhaenyra or has conflicting feelings about actually doing it you know it is his niece he does he does feel familial feelings for her right he doesn't want probably to wreck her or make her feel hurt or get hurt probably I, I imagine those things are inside of him so like you know he maybe has some some dissonance about it Right, but all, but also, I think what he really wants is power, and he's using his influence over her to create this situation and paint her in a bad light. One hundred percent. And listeners, this is where we could get into some stuff that may be uncomfortable for some of you. Um, and at that point, he makes it all about himself, and he yeah. abandons her yeah. in a place where he had brought her. He abandons her, makes it all about him. He can't perform. I mean, dude, if if you're really into Rainier and you can't perform, freaking get down on your knees and give her a good time at least. You know, <laughs> that's that's one that's one way to do it. Uh, but uh, and, and would be more in line with with some of the things they talk about in Fire and Blood. That sure, taught, that's true. That's true. Taught her. He taught her arts like that, right? In one of the stories. Right. So while that's happening. We also have the Alicent scenes, right? And we yeah. have, mm-hmm. we see first, we see Alicent, you know, taking care of a crying babe. She right. looks kind of, I don't know, she looked great, but she looked kind of tired. It was late at night. She's dealing with a screaming baby. She then goes and takes care of her husband who's in a bath and seems to be molting as far as I can tell. Oh it's, yeah, those, the wounds look almost like, they like look bad. bed sores, but are they yeah. like, are they from the throne, do you think? I don't know. Um, there was something on Twitter I saw earlier tonight that the, the actor has confirmed that it's actually leprosy. But I oh. think, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on leprosy. Then, Interesting. But I, I okay. didn't think leprosy looked like that. Yeah. But um, You did notice, however, that he has two yeah. fingers missing. Yeah. And I think that might go back to the last episode. But yes. he's got two fingers missing, and you can kind of almost see kind of like some rot there. Yes. It looks pretty mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. But, yeah. And so, so, so she takes care of him in the tub and then she finally gets done with her like duties, the things she has to do, that she's in this role that she's been forced into and she finally gets to sleep and then is made to perform more duties. And, right. and we get in this, 
we get in this sex scene. I mean, it's it's a very uncomfortable scene. She does not, she does not want to be there. She is putting up with this because she has to. It is, I mean, it it's not comfortable to watch, frankly. And that it's 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 a, an indication that Allison has no power here to say no, uh, no real agency in this relationship. You and I had talked last episode about how their relationship seems. It seems kind of okay. It seems it's like a partnership. Each other. It's warm. It's a partnership. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not, maybe I not romantic, said, but yeah, exactly. Not romantic, but maybe they found kind of a comfort zone where they get along well and maybe they sleep in different beds or, you know, whatever. But like, it seemed like it was kind of working. I, I feel like I have to walk that way back. And then <laughs> this, like seeing this makes me yeah. think none of that. That, she, right. that the whole thing is just her putting up with what she has to all the time and is she's just exhausted by it right yeah more on that when we get to their conversation later on in the episode at least from me sure. um but i want to come at it from that context uh but i thought the same thing like i almost wanted to post the gif of homer simpson walking back into the <laughs> into the hedge you mm-hmm. know <laughs> yeah. of uh in reference to what we'd said about allison and series in mm-hmm. last week's episode I still don't walk that back completely. And again, we'll talk more about that later, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's devastating to watch. Like I said, I watched the episode three times and on second and third watch, there's that scene. It shows her lying in bed. The lady comes in and wakes her up and I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to watch this. Like I'm almost tempted just to skip past it because it's so devastating to watch. It is. And, and meant, and meant to be, I think, I mean, I think we're meant to see the evidence here of, what Ray and Aaron, she were talking about on the bench, right? That you're trapped in this life in which you have no control. And to also show, like you said, the contrast of, you know, Ray and Aaron's night out, right? Of freedom and control. And Damon even just yeah. calls it sex can be fun for everybody. And yeah. men and women both are out there having a good time with sex, right? And in the pleasure house. And it's, it's a pleasure you opposite. see both yeah. for the woman and the man. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, right after he says that, it cuts to Allison's face mm. in bed and just that look on her face, which is anything but pleasure. Yeah. The opposite, actually. It's it, Viserys, old Viserys. Going back to that bath scene, there's like, at the beginning of the bath scene, he's being washed by like a, a handmaid or something. She's yes. washing the wounds, yes. right? And he gives Allison like the tiniest of looks, like not, and it's not like a, an order to jump in and take over. It's more like a plea almost. He's kind of looks at her like, me. will you do it? Yeah. Will you do it? Could you do it right? And, then, yeah. and Allison notices and being the good wife, she jumps in and takes over and he's like, oh, it feels better. Like he, he does, he likes that about her, but it's very much about him. It's about him. Will you clean my gross wounds? You know? Yeah. And then I'm joking about that part. The next, you know, the 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 scene in bed is is not one to joke about. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it we can we can look at them somewhat similarly though, right? I mean, they're both things she'd rather not do, and right. she feels she must. She yep. can't tell him no. Power yeah. imbalance, right? We're gonna be talking about that. Targaryens get what they want, man. Yeah. Uh, 
back to the city stuff for a minute yes yes mm-hmm. um, we glossed over all the city stuff lost glossed over all the city stuff first of all uh cool cool little throne room entrance or sorry uh Rhaenyra's bedroom entrance the secret yeah entrance, yeah takes her down through the Balerion skull which is a little weird that there must be some other secret door there that pops open from that I think side. like every secret door passes through the Balerion <laughs> like yeah. Arya ends yeah, up Arya, there yeah. <laughs> yeah uh it's like the lobby of the secret passages but then she gets out into the street with Damon and I don't know it looks like they're having they have a really good time they go see this this play there's people blowing fire and giving prophecy and there's one guy dead in the street for sure. Somebody has walk, walking a tightrope. <laughs> or haven't I mean it's it's a little wilder and drunker than I always imagined things like her eyes nice. like light up too. Like brilliant yeah. acting by Millie. She yes. she just like you can just see how excited she is. And yep. Um so we get we then get this this little play, right? Mm-hmm. Um and it's basically just I think the main purpose, I suppose, is to let us see Millie's uh, Rainier's reaction to the fact that the public don't want her. It's very clear that the commoners don't think she should be the ruler. There's three choices. There's the brother, as the, the guy on stage says, there's the brother, there's the daughter, and there's the new princeling babe. And they don't want Rainier. And point B of that scene, I guess, is she doesn't care. Right. And maybe foreshadowing there, without spoiling anyone's anything else but she doesn't really care what they think and damon tells her she should yeah yeah also something that's not talked about a lot in this episode is in fire and blood damon spends a lot of time among the small folk it's kind of hinted at maybe in that first episode but um Fire and Blood really emphasizes how much time he spends in the bars and the brothels and all of those places, kind of yep. keeping his finger on the pulse of the residents of King's Landing. So, Yeah, it's not something I've ever thought of because I've always just, uh, based on Damon's other bad qualities, of which I think there are many, I'm not <laughs> going to hide that, but I've never really given him as a ruler much thought, but he does, he does relate to the population right i mean he gets out there and parties with them and kind of understands them better yeah uh you know he he seems to have a good well stepsons didn't show it but he seems to have a good rapport with his men and his troops um i think he's he's likable to them i wonder if he'd have been as terrible a ruler as i think he would he does have that maybe going for him understanding the people yeah he'd still be bad though right he'd still be bad He's way too much of a loose cannon yeah, and a number of other things that are concerning. <laughs> well, should we get to Rainer and Kristen's cat? Do we have to? <laughs> we don't have to. We do. We kind of do. We have to. Uh, yeah. Th- this one to me is uncomfortable and I, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, not having a woman on the cast maybe hurts a little bit. Um, and um, obviously I'm interested in what people think about about these thoughts. And certainly we've read quite a bit in the fandom over the last few days probably too about different people's takes on this. But this is this is an interesting scene. Maester Mary from the Learned Hands podcast uh, had a, a really, you should go 
seek them out and, and follow them if you want. Um, and I'll, I'll butcher it, so I don't want to try too hard, really. But it just, just about how this is a difficult scene to process and deal with. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes it good. It that's what be. makes it interesting to watch. And that's why we should yeah. be watching things like it, because it does make us think about these things. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, does anybody care about 43 year old white guy's opinion of what this really looks like? I don't know. I, I don't want to, I don't, wanna, I don't want to use too many labels in this conversation. I'm 37. Yeah. I'm not old. I'm 37. So, <laughs> so to me, there is like, we've talked about in the, the Allison relationship, as well as the, the Damon and Rhaenyra grooming one in, in the pleasure house, there are power dynamics at play in here. and when i first saw it i was like well he can't when i first saw it i was like he can't say no and then i was like he doesn't want to say no not really he's looks like he's really enjoying this and then i watched it a second time and i just i I just tried to really look at his what he does right not what he says necessarily or or even how he's i don't know what what he the, the physical actions he takes and th- these are the things he does i, I made yeah, his demeanor okay. and everything his demeanor mm-hmm. yeah so yep. so she grabs his helmet and he comes in after her the, he she takes his helmet he's immediately has a, a serious look on his face about the helmet like he's not he doesn't smile don't doesn't, don't touch my gear like he doesn't give her any like that's funny but like you know I, we play these games all the time i'm ready for it okay he doesn't give her any sort of encouragement about this now let's remember that she is likely drunk right and absolutely she mentions that she went to a lot of different wine sinks right and also frankly just had some a bit of sexual awakening right and big time and i I don't i don't want to take that away like i i imagine that for female viewers of this series and female consumers of these books it is liberating to see a woman have some sexual agency and and do these things right and and so i don't want to undercut that right I, i don't and and so she's she's going for it. She's had a little awakening. She really likes this guy. You can tell near from moment one that she kind of was attracted to him and interested in him, I think. But he's he's not into it. Okay, so back to the actions. Okay, he immediately has a serious look. He's not into it. He's not encouraging her at all. She again kind of takes the helmet, kind of teasing him with it, and he sighs at her. He he literally he says he goes. And he goes to leave, right? And he's like, he gives her a look that's like, are you finished? There's no Mm -hmm. smile. It's like, are we done with this yet? And then yes, he literally tries. He's like, okay, fine. Keep the helmet. I don't need it. He literally tries to leave. He literally tries to walk out the door and she gets in the way. Now, Mm -hmm. could he have physically moved her to the side if he really wanted to go? Yes, he doesn't do that. But he also doesn't like, he doesn't smile. He doesn't give in. He doesn't, you know, make this a cat and mouse thing. He takes a step back when she blocks us. He just takes a step back. Just looks at her, takes a step back. Okay, then Smart. she does the helmet thing again. Okay, he comes in to grab it and she just kisses him without invitation, just kisses him, right? He then, she then starts to, you know, start taking off her, you know, untying part of her top. And he tells her to stop, literally tells her to stop. Now, this is not our world, right? I know it's not our world. But when we're talking about character choices and someone says stop, for our fandom, that's usually a pretty magical word about consent. Stop. Right? And she, you know, she doesn't. He is a deer in the headlights in this scene. He doesn't want it. He feels powerless to stop it. 
He's not engaging with her. He's not even looking at her. He looks down, right? She's taking off his bracers and he's just looking down. He doesn't want to give in to this. He doesn't meet her gaze. He doesn't kiss her back right away until finally he does, right? And so I am not trying to paint a picture where he is an absolute victim here. Right. He, I think he, I hate the phrase he wants it because we all know that's a loaded phrase, but I think he does care for her. I think he is interested in this. I think he wants to have sex with her. I really do. But you can want something and still know it's wrong and not want to do it. And that's where he is to me. He wanted it, but he knew it was wrong and he wasn't going to make that choice. Mm, mm -hmm. And he got pulled into it, right? Kind of Mm -hmm. not, I don't want to say against his will because he does make the choice in the end to do it. Right. But he doesn't look happy about it. He He looks longingly at the door twice. He pauses on the threshold of going into her bed, right? Yes. Looks back at the door and sighs and goes. But even then, even when he goes in, he's taking off his boots. She's laughing and smiling and joking. He is somber. He looks sad and hurt and defeated, not happy. Now, they then go on and have what I can only describe as an amazingly filmed session of, of lovemaking, right? Like it, it looks like they're both really enjoying it. And it's, it's quite sweet, actually. Yeah, it's exactly. tasteful and yeah. everything that Game of Thrones love scene was not. <laughs> this one was. Uh, it's quite sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so actual we'll, part. We'll see if that Kristen Cole take gets me canceled or not. Well, I, we'll, know, I agree. we'll know by Friday. I agree with it. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to. We'll get to to my thoughts, which I think jive quite well with yours. The undeniable power imbalance at play here. No one can fault him for wondering at the consequences. You mentioned the part where he's kind of looking down as she's taking off his bracers on his mm-hmm. on his forearms, right? And this is what I see going through his mind right now. What if he says no to the person that elevated him to this position, which he talked about in the last episode, right? Mm-hmm. What if he says no to a princess? and a future leader of the kingdom. What if he says yes, and she gets pregnant? What if he says yes, and it's discovered? What will that do to him professionally and as for his reputation? What if her feelings only go so far as as lust, and he just becomes like a living, breathing sex toy to her? That's not a way he wants to live. Or what if her feelings for him are deeper, and what will happen to them then? You know, what if he discovers his feelings for her are deep? And I think, you know, I think so as well. You can almost see him weighing all of these different questions in his mind. What if, what if, what if, what if? At the same time, I agree with you 100%. And I have the note right here. It's very much in the realm of human possibility for him to be wondering every single one of those things and still be sexually attracted to her. And still care for her in a way that's deeper than just sexual attraction. I think all three of those things are absolute 100% viable possibilities for a human being to feel all at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, these, these lines are very gray, right? And, you know, should it be up to Allison to be able to read his mind or sorry, to read his mind and see all these things going on? Yeah, I don't think it's fair to say that she could, right? Uh, yeah, what but, responsibility does he bear to yeah. speak up and voice those concerns a little bit? Yeah, I mean, he said stop, 
but he but he didn't you know i hate i hate hate equivocating yeah i hate equivocating about it because if the roles were reversed and the power play was in a different direction we would be saying she said stop yeah that's enough absolutely and Mm -hmm. and so but again i i know this is a young girl who's been sexually awakened she has a connection with this guy i think she really does care for him i think he cares for her too and she's going for it and it's Mm -hmm. in this series where we never get to see women in control of this it's nice to see but you can tell it's killing him in this scene yep right yep the way he lays down his white cloak so pushes against it like tenderly uh, yeah like uh, when he when he when he finally like has the moment and gives in and says okay i'm doing this he's like bent over over his knees for like a few seconds and he just like takes a couple of breaths yep Yep. and he goes right and that's what we've just described yes there's a lot of problems with the morality of the scene and what happened there and i think we've done a nice job discussing it i feel good about it um but uh i i love this scene for all the reasons that we talked about it's it's as uncomfortable as it is it's one of the best scenes of television i've seen 100 percent because of the the subtleties that you can see going through his mind because of the excitement she has for this thing that is brand new to her right that she's always kind of kept at a distance it's it's a beautifully done scene congratulations to the director on it it's a you know sex scenes are hard to to do well i mean they're they're i think they are this is a beautifully done scene yeah right and yeah i love it too we love our character driven storytelling you know it's an overused phrase but the human heart and conflict with itself we love to see that and and it's this man confronted with a choice a yes or no choice and you see and you feel that mental anguish, you know, even as his armor is being removed piece by piece, there's something so symbolic about that, that he's being slowly stripped of his armor. Uh, he folds his white cloak, with the greatest of care, sets it on the chair hesitantly. And then it's when he puts the breastplate on the ground, like you said, and he's bent over. And, and notice the breastplate is the part that protects his heart, the most vital part of him, basically. Mm-hmm. He puts that down. And pure humanity, he makes a choice Mm -hmm. regardless of the consequences, regardless of power imbalance, sexual attraction, fear of consequences. He makes a choice in that moment. And uh, I just love the humanity in all of that. I put out a tweet today talking about how that's my favorite part of House of the Dragon. It overshadows even the battle scenes and the dragons and all that fun stuff is just seeing the humanity in these characters. Um, and Rhaenyra about too. the dragons or the battles. Yeah. Give me the give me give me ten episodes like this. I, I could totally take it. Rhaenyra having that sexual awakening is so, like you said, refreshing, yeah. and her having that opportunity to explore that, and Kristen Cole being literally on her doorstep. No, yeah, yeah. And does she consider and, what she's doing to him all the way through? No, she probably doesn't. But she's awake and she's alive yeah. for probably the first time, and we shouldn't you know, be upset with her for that. And, and we just got the exact opposite. 
of right. Alicent trapped yeah. in this disaster of a life that she has mm-hmm. no control or agency in, no sexual fulfillment of any kind, no able to express herself sexually in a way that's good to her, right? And so we get this right after it in contrast. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's beautiful to see. And, I, and you get a little bit of maybe like Allison and Kristen feeling like they're in the same boat of feeling like they don't have a choice. Um, but I feel like yeah, Kristen her, comes out enjoying it. A, yes. A true. More. <laughs> and she has less say than he does, right? She sure. has no say. He has no control mm-hmm. at all. He, his yep. situation is complicated, but he has more control than she does. Yep. Absolutely. Um, The message from all of these, the Targaryens get what they want. Daemon, Viserys, Rhaenys. Yep. Rhaenyra. Yeah. Rhaenyra. Yep. Rhaenys hasn't been on an episode in like two episodes. No, I miss her badly. Yeah. She's so great. I bet she's coming back this next one. We'll get to that. Yeah. So the next scene we get is the White Worm. Remember her? I do remember her. Yeah. Yeah. The last time we left, we left this character was on Dragonstone and she kind of had weighed into Damon about this not being the life she was going after. And he had used her as a prop essentially uh, to pretend carry his baby and pretend marry him just to get a rise out of his brother uh, and stole a dragon egg too. Uh, so here she's one flipped one eight like she's doing completely different things she's now seemingly a a master whisperer she's got spies she controls she's helped smuggle damon i guess away from his drunken revelry into a place of reasonable safety Um, yeah is she like a brothel owner or something it's not super clear she tells him you could pay for the room on your way out yeah i don't i i get the sense she's connected now she is she, I, I don't know that she owns a brothel or whether she just has access to him because of the relationship she has. Right. And her contacts. She's starting to make contacts and be a player in this, you know, the King's Landing networking. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the sense I got. But maybe, maybe she owns, maybe she owns a brothel. I don't know. It kind of comes off that way a little bit. It does. But in any you case, pay for the room on your way out, implying yeah. that she wants him to, you know, pay her. And, but in any case, yeah, she's establishing herself. It's clear that Otto Hightower has worked with her before, that this Sounds wasn't good. the first time they've exchanged information. The guard comes up to Otto and is like, the white worm has a report. And he's like, who's the white white worm? What the heck kind of nickname is that? Um, and he later tells Viserys that this one, referring to the white worm, as of yet has never led me astray. Mm-hmm. So they've done business in the past. Um, so she's establishing herself. Yeah, so again, it's been uh, how long? Years, right? Yeah. I, I, I think years since since we saw her on Dragonstone, right? Yeah, because there's the two-year gap from episode two to episode three, and then we're saying six months to a year here, yeah. so. Yeah, so yeah. Two, two and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Um. So then we get Otto breaking the news to Viserys. So this is a sneaky good scene as well. It is. Um, you know, Riza fans is, he's fantastic. He's but so good. This should be Otto's shining moment. Finally, he's got the dagger that's going to get his kid on the throne. 
And you get this little scene right before he goes in where he's like, he is not excited about and this. He is pained. Mm-hmm. He's not happy about having to do this. I don't think it's just about him. I think he's kind of sad that he's going to have to go do this to Viserys. Same note. It feels like he legitimately, yes, he wants to put his family into power, but he legitimately cares about Viserys to a degree that he doesn't want to hurt him in this type of, in this way. Yeah. In Fire and Blood, Otto Hightower is, he's a scheming. He's just painted as pure scheme. He's painted as, he's basically a villain. I mean, I, I feel like that. Risa fans and the directors and writers here have really given us a, a tapestry of a character, uh, and it's 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 really nice. Um, you know, it's like you mostly hate a, him, but yeah. then you get these nuggets of just like, okay, he's a human. Dang it, yeah. I have to admit, he's a human. Yeah. He's, ter- <laughs> he's terrible. Remember, he's the one orchestrating all the right. Allison's terrible life that we just weighed in on. He orchestrated the whole thing, right? So like, he's bad. Yeah, I yeah. get that he's bad, yeah. but also like. There are moments of brilliance in him. There are moments where he's giving good advice for the realm and for everyone else. There are moments of softness to him. He's still a monster. But like, he's still a monster. But- he says he says to Viserys, "It's no easy thing to tell a father of his daughter's exploits." Yes, dude, you encouraged your daughter. Yeah, not just encouraged, basically forced your daughter to carry out her own exploits, buddy. Yeah. So shut up. So good job from him. My favorite part of about this scene is actually is actually Patty is, is Viserys though. Yeah. <laughs> the way he responds to Otto's to Otto's accusations at first. What of it? She was in a brothel. So what? What of it? I don't care. I kind of love that. It was just immediate. It was like I don't care. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What behaviors? Like you got to you got to tell me specifically, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will take out their eyes. Like he doesn't believe it at all. Like he is. He's. Maybe he's just doesn't want to deal with the conflict if it's true, but he seems really high on Rhaenyra and trusting her and giving right. her some feels like he's trying to give her some latitude, at least with the way he's responding. I'm not sure there's anything behind it though. Correct. Right. Yeah. Would he really follow through with all that? Yeah. I wonder so what if, if she's was... in a brothel. Well, do you really feel that way or are you just trying to he's... undercut Otto's? He's already mildly suspicious of Otto and Otto's intentions, right? It's really going to be driven home later when he he and Rhaenyra have their next blow up, right? But um, I think he's just pragmatic about it. He says to Rhaenyra later, right? Everyone, everyone's self-interested. That's, that's every, every person in the world is self-interested. Yeah. Right. So I wonder if he was like trying to push to, to make sure that Otto wasn't just telling him another story about Rhaenyra yeah. to try to discredit her. Oh, she was in a brothel? Where? Who is she with? Who told you this? Yeah. Like, da 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 da. Try to yeah. see how di- much he can dig to see how, how, how uh, detailed Otto got in fabricating this story to try to discredit his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, in any case, like you said, brilliantly actor, brilliantly acted. Um, why do you think Alicent is so hurt by this? Like it affects her pretty deeply, this news. Yeah. So I think, I think that becomes maybe a little bit more clear in the scene with she and Rhaenyra again at mm-hmm. the Lurpin Tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, I, th- I think maybe it's it's more in this scene shock that she's done this 
maybe a little bit of jealousy about the freedom that mm. she was able to to have that mm-hmm. Allison doesn't get any of. She doesn't have a sniff of it, mm-hmm. right? But also a little bit like you know, um, Allison, she's a little uptight. You know, like she she was raised a certain way. I don't think she looks kindly on this sort of behavior. Period. Right. I don't think she would be caught dead doing this, right? Yep. Even even if her history and all the stuff with Viserys didn't happen, I don't think this is the way she would be. And so she looks at you know, almost like as if your if your friend, if your best friend in the world, had done something that you thought was really out of character for them, and then it reflects badly on you too, almost because you're sense? their friend. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. well uh does that segue into our next scene or did you have something anything else on this i don't think i have anything else on this one okay uh just the the segue of the two scenes is Kristen cole coming to rhaenyra's chamber to tell her that the queen wants to talk to her rhaenyra is so it's cute like she's so twitter pated by him she's like come in come in and she has like the sweetest little smile on her face and everything and he is the exact opposite he looks ashamed. Yeah. He looks awkward. He looks like he doesn't want to be in the room. Um, you know, I, I I imagine he'll get through and over that. And we'll talk about that in the <laughs> Dragons After Dark. But yeah, he doesn't look comfortable at all. Yeah. I wonder if he's a little bit afraid that like their secrets coming out, like the Queen wants to talk to Rhaenyra. Mm. There's probably whispering going around of yeah. Rhaenyra was caught out last night. Da, da, da. And I wonder if there's a little bit of he's seeing ghosts in every corner now, you know? Yeah, that's that's possible. But, I didn't think about that part. I uh, just thought it was like the interpersonal I think there is between them. But. The shame, though, uh, I think that's a good way to describe it. That's what it looks like on his face anyways. Yeah. But then we do get Alicent and Rhaenyra in the Godswoods, and Alicent takes Rhaenyra to task, doesn't she? Yeah, she, she's, she goes right for it um drops an f-bomb accent <laughs> yeah at least she was just <laughs> using it in its traditional sense as a verb though if i remember right sure yeah um but uh yeah so, so we see this here like I, I think it does feel a little bit like jealousy not that she wants to be with damon um or even that she wants maybe to be with Rhaenyra, um, but mm-hmm. more just that Rhaenyra had the freedom to go do this. And yeah. She doesn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Good point. But she, yeah. yeah, she goes, she goes right into it. And she, the, the reason she gives is like, we've been trying hard to make you a match and this is how you treat us. It's also a, a reasonable reason to have. I don't think it's the real one for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a great surface level reason. It's valid. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned how a big theme of this episode is the power imbalance between men and women, at least in terms of sex uh, mm-hmm. in some ways. Allison says if that lord, meaning a lord that she may have become betrothed to, Rhaenyra, had known you'd been sullied, it would have ruined everything, right? Perpetuating yeah. that prevailing notion about sex and how it influences the perception on women in Westeros. Again, going back to the point Rhaenyra makes that the guy would have been doing this out on the street of silk, like Prince Viserys and Prince uh, Damon back in their day, as we'll get mm-hmm. to in the next scene. Yep. No big deal. But Rhaenyra, yeah. it would ruin everything. Everything. 
which is interesting to hear Allison say that, right? Because, you know, and again, book Allison and, and House of the Dragon Allison are, they're pretty different, I think. And mm-hmm. uh, at least from what we've seen so far. And in the books, she's pretty much as soon as her child is born, she's, she's team Aegon on the throne, right? She's pushing for that, just like Otto is. And here she says, and it seems like she means it, everything would be ruined like that they've been working toward almost together or something she's rooting for Rhaenyra she wants Rhaenyra to rule right and we got little hints of that in the last scene too, in the last episode yeah, too when the last Otto episode. asks her to go push on for Aegon and she doesn't do it she just ignores mm-hmm. the advice for the yep. request and so it's interesting because you you do get the sense that she's really rooting for Rhaenyra and maybe she really does just feel betrayed by the fact that they're trying to be so careful and help her get to a place of support where she has heirs and she has a support network and this is what she goes and does mm-hmm. so irresponsible and fantastic acting on the word sullied she like could barely get it out it was mm-hmm. amazing yeah good call out a couple of quick costume call outs another red and black gown for allison mm. and rainira is no longer wearing the valyrian steel necklace that she had been wearing previously she's now back to wearing a gold necklace i wonder why so rainira immediately upon hearing these accusations yeah i wonder why you don't wonder why you know why (laughs) upon hearing these accusations she immediately goes into victim mode right how dare you who said that thing who said that that's treason trust them those are lies it's treason to yeah it's a very, very, it's an astounding job of acting by the character acting, right? <laughs> Her level of innocence, clutching pearls, you know, like me. And here comes the, here comes the Ray and era. We, we love to hate. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> swears coming. on her mother's life. She swears on her mother's life that this did not happen. That he didn't touch her. That Damon didn't touch her. He and touched her. Maybe not with his pecker, but he touched her. And you know, I don't care that she's lying, really. Right. Sure. It's just the the like I, any anybody probably in that position would I mean, what are you gonna do? Confess and like ruin everything like Al like Allison said? Probably not. So, you know, I, I don't care that she's lying necessarily, but the, the level of me is <laughs> astounding yeah and the any ability to call upon your your mother who we know is a really hard thing for her yeah like she's whoa rainier seal the whoa. deal yeah whoa <laughs> and it, it really does seem like it's the thing that seals the deal for allison she's like oh okay if she's gonna bring up emma then yeah she immediately goes from i'm not sure whether i believe you to well you were still stupid to put yourself in that situation yeah. right right that reminded me of Sunday school growing up. You shouldn't <laughs> even put yourself in a situation where those types of temptations can come about. Mm-hmm. There's truth to it. But anyways, then we get to one of my favorite moments in the, in the episode. Corpse on the stone floor. <laughs> 
Viserys confronting Damon in the throne room. So Damon enters back into the Red Keep. He's immediately taken into custody by the White Cloaks, taken to the throne room. This time it's a private meeting. None of the lords and ladies. Uh, and the dragon finally kind of awakes within Viserys, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Yeah, so first of all, I'm stunned the Kingsguard left them alone. Doesn't seem like a good decision, given what we know about Damon, Damon, Damon and his <laughs> temper, and it just doesn't seem like a good idea. And the, the, I mean, they're like pretty much never supposed to leave them alone, right? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. This is a bad hangover. I've seen this movie in the mirror a bunch of times. He's not in a good. He's not in good shape. He's not in any shape to fight him. Maybe the king's guard Maybe recognized that's, that, and they're why. like, "It'll be fine." And that's why Viserys felt felt confidence uh, awakening yeah. his, his dragon. Maybe right. Uh, <laughs> your heart is even blacker than I thought. He says to him, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's he's not pleased. I mean, so do you think? Do you think it's is it the fact that it was Rhaenyra? Is it the fact that he's after the throne still that he realizes? What is it do you think that is angering him the most? I think it's Rhaenyra, definitely. And it's that just, as far as we know, the previous day, maybe, maybe. two days ago, but I think the previous day, yeah. they just had this glorious reconciliation where everything was back to normal again. I have and then this. Yeah, Damon made it one day, one fucking day. Like he made it. That's what I'm. Before, that's why I'm asking. Like before really blowing this relationship. Does he up even again. know he's doing this at this point, yeah. or is it? <laughs> does it just come so naturally to him? Yeah, it's almost all you need to know about him, to be honest. It really is. He couldn't yeah. get along with his family for a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not true. There's there's crappy families out there. I don't want to say you can't get along with your family. You're a bad person, of course. There's crappy families, but like right. when you look around and everyone else is being nice maybe you're the crappy family maybe you <laughs> need to look at you yeah. <sighs> yeah this was great these are the types of moments that i love uh house of the dragon for in fire and blood here's the passage king viserys at first refused to believe a word of it until prince Damon confirmed the tale was true give the girl to me to wife he purportedly told his brother Uh, Who else would take her now? Instead, King Viserys sent him into exile, never to return to the Seven Kingdoms on pain of death. He doesn't say that, um, but it's just a simple passage that explains it all, but we actually get to see it happening. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's delicious. That's what I love about House of the Dragon. Yeah, I I agree. And I I said this uh, just on a chat thread with some of my fantasy football friends, and they were they were talking about like why do they keep investing all this money in these shows that don't have stories and I'm like well actually you know there is this well, story. And George is very involved in the storytelling as well and is you know engaged with the with the process and and I said but in a way <clears throat> to me Fire and Blood is and, and and this House of the Dragon the way they're adapting it is maybe the best the best case scenario because what they have is a roadmap. They have a mm-hmm. template to follow. Yeah. They have a roadmap. We need to, to get use. from this point to this point. But they get to choose what, what the scenery that road drives through looks like. Mm-hmm. They get to paint the mountains and they get to decide what kind of trees are there. And they get to choose what that road looks like on the way. Right. But they have the map. Like that. 
I like right? that. And so yeah. it's maybe like the best way to adapt something you could have, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know it's where it has to get, it. you know what things you want to happen and follow, but how it looks, how it sounds, that's all up to you, man. It's, mm. yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then of course, we get this great moment of the series leaves and Damon just like rolls over on the floor. <laughs> Randy later, like a slug. It was his only defense. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Da- Damon has my pity in that moment. Uh, then <laughs> I think it was Dent who, who brought this up today when I was chatting with him a little bit on Twitter of just like, it's a scene with two people talking to another scene with two people talking to another scene with two people talking. Yeah, I saw your reply. And we go from that. And uh, Viserys and Alicent are now chatting with each other, coming back and reporting on their findings. Of course, Alicent had, talk and had talked to Rhaenyra. Viserys had talked to Damon. Um, and this is this is what gives me these weird feelings where I can't be black and white about the series and Allison's relationship as much as I want to be, because after the illness of the prior evening and what happened, which was absolutely disgusting, we get another moment of them working very well together. Right? Yeah. She's very frank and honest with him about Damon, which is something that's kind of a prickly subject for him. Like, you got to be careful how you talk to Viserys about his brother because he does have strong feelings for him. And he actually listens to her. He's like, oh, you think so? Da 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 da. They counsel together and he listens to her. Again, this is not a romantic match. And within this, there's this definite power imbalance that we saw gruesomely on display the night prior. And yet, in the context of a Westerosi traditional marriage, this remains very functional in some ways, still with its problems that exist in the society within which they live, where Allison feels trapped in many ways, but also they function as, maybe not romantically, but as a companionship and ruling. Yeah, no, you're right. They, they they make it work, right? And I I would give most of the credit to Allison for making it work. I mean, I think she, man, yeah. she's a patient, kind soul, right? And she knows but, how. She knows which buttons to push with Viserys. She knows his weaknesses. She knows he's bad at conflict. She knows mm-hmm. he's going to give in to what people say. She knows that she can be one of those people to tell him what to say, as you know, to, what to do as well. But I think she does give him good counsel, I think. And I think she's she's making it work. But and he listens. But, and he listens. But but I guess you're you're right, maybe not to write that off. Okay. And I I I am writing it off a little bit a lot more than I used to now, having seen this episode. Sure. And sure. the reason is because Absolutely. now I think she's doing all these things through gritted teeth and resentment mm. and mm-hmm. not in good faith. And I don't, I'm not blaming her for doing it, not in good faith, but just like yeah. her goal isn't to create a beautiful relationship. Her goal is to grin and get through it until it's over. Right. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I look at this now. And yeah. does it work? Is it, is it functional? Is it successful? Yeah. I think it, it's more successful than Viserys was without her for sure. Absolutely. But I think, 
I don't view it as much as a partnership now, as much as a, I just got to grit my teeth and get through this until yeah. it dies. Yep. You are 100% correct about this episode illuminating so much about Allison's yeah. state of mind. A part of me feels like she's very much in her element being a queen. And yeah. it feels like she is good at that. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. And this, and, and this Allison, what a rule, man. Like, right. Fire and, blood Allison, I'm not so sure. But this Allison, you, yeah, you're right. I think she'd be great. She, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say she enjoys it, but it's within her wheelhouse. And yeah. it's almost like, I hate this aspect of it. I feel trapped. But this part of it, I like. And yeah. so it's, it's complicated. It's really complicated. And, you, and it really takes understanding human emotions of that's, you know, almost like the, uh, this is being way too crass with it and not crass, but not giving the emotional credit that's due, but it's kind of like those situations where you work for a company and you really like the job you're doing, but you hate the people you work with. <laughs> Mm. or like you can you can kind of have these conflicting emotions about one thing right yeah and i feel that from allison yeah perhaps a better episode title would have been it's complicated or conflicting emotions right <laughs> power imbalance because power and bath yeah another <laughs> one man uh anything else for this section here um, a tiny little passage in Fire and Blood. Others assert that it was Queen Alicent's urging that Viserys sent Damon away. Um, so he, they, they, they like give us a little nod to it there, where she gives him some hard truth about Viserys, and you see him going, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah. Or Damon, sorry. She says something like, "When? How often does he tell the whole truth?" Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that hits home with Viserys. It's like even when he's even when he's not lying, he's not still really playing being honest. some game. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. He's giving you what he wants to give you. Mm-hmm. Um I like that. So now we get uh Rhaenyra learning about Aegon, Aegon the first, not a little more second, yeah. not little Aegon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her future husband in the next scene. We're back. We're back in Viserys's room with his giant model of Valyria. Another scene and, with two people talking in a room, and again with the fucking dagger. Not this dagger. <laughs> Just won't go away. I'm gonna ask you to stab me with it before we're done seeing it. I'm telling you, <laughs> I hate this thing. You do get uh, that that sense that you gave about Kristen earlier that this could be the end. Like, what if the shoe drops? You very much get that sense once he opens the door for her to go in to, yeah. to his room. He's like- You see his know, eyes. I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what this is. I don't go in. I hope you don't blow up my life. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's true. You see his eyes through his helmet. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, they talk about, they go back to this- idea of the prince that was promised and how the responsibility that Viserys has placed upon Rhaenyra, he says it's larger than the throne, the king, and you and your desires. 
Yes. Which is interesting to me because it seems like this is a pretty big responsibility. And what has Viserys done about it? <laughs> he, throws a, he throws a mean garden party. Yeah. So is he approaching this from like a purely birth perspective? Like if I can get the prince that was promised born or at least get kids who can maybe have the prince that was promised, I've done my job and that's good. I've checked my box as the king. Because other than that, you're not taking your own advice super seriously, uh, your highness, your grace. Well, I think that's part of what he was talking about with Emma in the first episode, right? Is yes. mm-hmm. I need to I need to produce this prince. At some point he gave up on that and he realized it wasn't going to be his prince. It's going to be somebody down the line. Rhaenyra's so, son or something. So yeah, to put it on. simply, I think what you said first is right. He's saying, I just got to pass this down because it's not going to be my kid. It's maybe going to be her kid right. or that kid's kid, right? But we just have to make sure the story resonates. They get one dagger to rule them all, one fire to bind them, one dagger to stab the other, and then the iceness bind them. Uh, they stole, just robbed, just just stole secret only fire can tell straight out of Lord of the rings right out of there just right out it. of there just, just we're gonna we're gonna use that do you mind <laughs> I'm, t- I'm taking this idea and i'm putting it in my own thing come on man they paid for that they paid dearly for that did they i don't know <laughs> oh, they should i mean somebody should lose their job over that decision it's so yeah. bad maybe conversations were had who knows I also um, also just having that on the dagger, like, what good is that? Like, so imagine he hadn't had the conversation with Rhaenyra, right? Imagine, imagine the king dies before actually passing, king or queen dies before actually passing the secret down. And lo and behold, one day they stumble and the thing falls on the fire and they read the text and like, oh, cool. Uh, there's neat, the, a prince that was promised. I bet he's handsome. And it, it'll be a song of ice and fire. They're going to write a song about him. That's cool. Oh, well. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Having that on the, no. on the dagger doesn't do anything for anybody. You mm-hmm. still need the other pieces to, like, know the story. It's useless. Which, unfortunately, right now is all just, uh, it sounds like an oral history. And... Yeah, there's not much detail to begin with here, right? Right. Still, they don't have any. If you didn't tell the heir, this dagger would not help. And that's what's scary about this. <laughs> If the series had somehow died before he had that first conversation with Rhaenyra. Yeah. Well, well, guess we're done here. I mean, really, how many of them die early, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's very What's sad. Is it seems like the guys do okay. Yeah, they usually live longer. Yeah, fortunately. Uh, there's some great great moments here you are my political headache yeah made me laugh it was it's a good it's a it's a banger line for sure uh you know he let's this whole situation sucks for Rainier. okay so she's told she's told at the end of the last episode one episode six six to twelve months ago make your own who you want who you want right and now all of a sudden because she didn't find anyone, she's a political headache. Like, okay, that's not really very fair, is it? Right now, she took some actions that were maybe, uh, you know, I guess ill-advised that make her character not look good, according to- From a PR perspective. According to the patriarchal society that they're in, that we all disagree with, this looks bad for what, you know, what she's done, right? Yeah. And so 
maybe it kind of breaks breaks the camel's back a little bit but yeah he says the truth doesn't matter only perception right yes right yeah yeah which Which is true maybe allison convinced him maybe right Mm -hmm. but like it doesn't it it didn't happen but you were out there and you were seen and people are going to believe this yeah right and that sucks for her that sucks really because again the the discrepancy between what men are allowed to do and what women are allowed to do here is is were i a man i could have fathered a thousand bastards she says and no one would have batted an eye i think Mm -hmm. something like that Um, then when uh he tells her you're marrying lenor valerian yeah she doesn't protest too much no and i think that maybe two parts maybe you have more detail that you could add to it because of the gravity of her role now that he just impressed on her and maybe it's really sinking in like okay i really do have a job to do there's a responsibility here that goes beyond just being a queen um, but I also think it's because of this sexual awakening that she's experienced. And she recognizes, yeah, I'll get married to Lenore. Doesn't mean I have to love or be only with him. I can do what I want. Maybe. She still knows there's consequences to that, right? And well, anyway, we'll we'll get to the what's coming next part soon. But yeah, that, that might be it. She's like, Damon showed me marriage isn't the worst thing. Who do you want? Let's do it. Right? You know what? I can go to the silk whenever I want. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Also, you know, she, it might be that she's had a few hours or days to, you know, she heard the council meeting and talking about we're going to need to make our own match with, with the Valerian. So maybe she kind of knows it's coming. You know, yeah, you know they, these things are coming. It, it's easier to take maybe, but. Yep. She also yep. might actually have a little bit of guilt of walking away from the tour. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing sucks. I think her, it right? could be a bit of that. Yeah. Like, crap. I shouldn't have done that. Dad and, and stepmom slash best friend really did work hard to put that together for me. And I pissed all over it. So, But but also, she, maybe she kind of uses the, okay, I'll do it as a springboard to, but she Tell like, you she, what, she I will do it. says, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking this deck, dick down with me. Otto is going down. That's the price you pay for me saying yes here and not giving you hell about it. Right, right. And uh, it works. Yeah. In a scene where you'd never think you'd feel bad for Otto Hightower, you kind of feel bad for Otto Hightower. Do you believe, are we moving to that scene? Do you believe him? Do I believe him? Do you believe, he says, he says, well, about Viserys, how he Viserys felt basically says in five days you became hand of the king yeah yeah what a boon mm-hmm. for you or it was a good day for you a good day for you yeah and he mm-hmm. says that's hardly how i thought of it right do you believe him did he get corrupted by power over time or was he always like this and was always going to move in that thing do i think he was ned stark no no i do not um do i think it's okay to want to advance the interests of yourself and your family and your house. Yes, I think that's okay. I'm working on a promotion at work right now. I'm working on moving up the corporate ladder. Does that make me selfish and self-serving and mean that I don't care about the company and I'm just in it for me? No. 
It just means that I want to improve my standing and thereby improve the standing of my family too. Right. You know, yep. and I can see that kind of thing being with auto of this is great for house high tower. Who knows? Maybe it will lead to us being on the throne someday. We've talked about this with the Tyrells. Is it really that bad in the main series that Mace Tyrell and Olena Tyrell are trying to get on the throne? No, not really. Why not? To do. Why not? Why not try yeah. to advance your house? Is it yeah. conniving to want to enter into a legitimate marriage with the king's progeny and get yourself on the throne? No. It is if you send your 16-year-old daughter to seduce the king, though. Right? And so... So, <laughs> so yeah so, so you asked point, about the original yes, right yeah, intentions yeah, 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 yeah right right and and then you asked was he corrupted over time i think he was yeah i think it it did get to a point where he just became so hungry for that power that he was willing to compromise his relationship with his daughter you know and her emotional well-being people in situations too they they tend to be able to justify things right like yeah well yes i'm sending my daughter to do this but it's the best she she really is great She's going to help them feel better, mm-hmm. right? It's the best thing for them anyway, and it's the best thing for me, right? They, they kind of, people in these spots, they tend to justify these kinds of things anyway. Yeah. And make it seem like it's the best for me, but it's also the best for everyone else because House Hightower is awesome. Obviously. Right? Obviously. <laughs> Obs. Obvi. As, uh, as the, as the chillins are saying. As the chills say, yep. I, you know, Viserys, I think for a guy that doesn't like conflict, I thought he handled the, the firing kind of well. Like yeah. he was, he admitted, like, you taught me how to be a king. You know, we owe you a debt that we really can't repay. But I'm letting you go. <laughs> and he gives him a sincere reason why. I don't feel like I can trust you anymore. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know how much this plays into it, but Viserys is just having a pretty fucking bad day. Yeah. Right. So he, it starts. <laughs> with hearing that his daughter has all this behavior that he doesn't approve of, uh, that maybe his brother has seduced his daughter uh, and, and corrupted her and made him fall in love with her, maybe, whatever, right? He starts, he's, that's how he starts his day, hearing this, right? In the early morning hours from Otto. Then he gets to talk to his brother about it. And his brother basically confirms and kind of says, this whole thing was a ploy for me to get the throne. He kind of basically lays that out. Doesn't, yeah. Marry, marry her to me. That's all. That's the only choice you have now, man. I <laughs> got you, right? So he, so he loses his brother. He's got his daughter's reputation. He's got this whole Corliss situation going on. Then his daughter, who, you know, he's tried to impress upon her the importance of this thing, has agreed to this wedding, but she says, nah, you also got to now go hot, go fire your best friend or your best counselor or whatever right so he's having a pretty bad fucking day yeah right so i think you said he handles the conflict well i think he's a he's just a volcano at this point like he's just he's just spewing now yeah yeah but he does you know i wonder do hands get like a pension or anything or does he just get to like go home at this point because that sucks like that he has to go home he does say some nice things that it's just like you poured all these years into serving the realm pack your things and and go back to the high tower you know and face your brother who's probably going to be pretty pissed at you well the high towers are like the second or third richest family in the in the kingdom so they probably don't need the pension part of it but 
you're right, but it, it does feel very much just kind of like he says some nice things to yeah. him. You taught me how to be the king, yeah. all these yeah. things. And uh yeah, what do you got to show for it now? Yeah. That kind of sucks. I wonder how long did it take for you to choose yourself over your king? Mm-hmm. Which reminded me of oh, the, that's the question that you asked. Yeah. Tell me, friend, when did Saruman the Wise abandon reason for madness? <laughs> reason for madness. Um, we talk about the office a lot in these House of the Dragon episodes. <laughs> Reminded me of the scene where Michael has to fire somebody by the end of the day. Do you remember that one? <laughs> and like he's just like wandering around the office. He puts it off choose. all day, and then yeah. he finally decides on Creed. But then Creed convinces him not to, so he fires the other guy, Devin, I think it is. And yeah. Devin knows that he just tried to fire Creed, and that he's just doing it for appearances at that point like you said michael scott's the worst human on this planet um, i hate him yeah uh, but viserys you know he's very clear he lays it right out you're done boom yeah although he doesn't actually he doesn't doesn't well, he, he he doesn't actually say like you're fired get out he just like takes the pen and like mm. i think i think that's pretty clear <laughs> yeah but like he still didn't <laughs> like yeah he, yeah, he doesn't give them the official a- yeah. HR spiel and have him sign he'll, a form or something. He'll figure, he'll figure it out. <laughs> We're going to move you down to storage room B. Right. Then you wonder, yeah, does he have to go back to the high tower? Can he remain in King's Landing? Just live there? Yeah. I don't know. We'll get to our prediction section in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we we'll have one. Just one more scene. One more little scene. Go ahead. One tiny little scene. Uh, you asked if maybe Viserys believes Alicent. This about Rhaenyra's infidelity or not. This maybe shows that he didn't. Yeah. Uh, has Moon Tea delivered to her? Um, to yeah. me, that's that's I... almost kind of tacit approval that Rhaenyra can uh, continue this exploration that she's on so that's what i wondered so as long as she takes the proper precautions that's what i wondered if it was more of a not an olive branch but more of a like oh by the way this exists and i'm sending this to you so you know it exists if things happen yep right i don't know if approval is the right word but it's like oh by the way if that happens this is the path we're taking Right. And and Rhaenyra might see that as a little bit of freedom. A green light. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Also, Mellow sucks. He's so I'm just gross. Gonna, I'm just gonna bring it up every time he's on screen. Just he talks and it just like grates on you. He just like gives you the willies, like you just start shaking. Yeah. It's just gross. Well so I uh yeah, I I just you know we're talking pretty lightly about something as serious as abortion but realistically you know she she probably doesn't take it right good question or does, or does she so if so viserys might believe allison and allison might believe rainier that it didn't happen but we all saw that beautiful scene with Kristen cole and know it happened so does she take it and maybe this goes into dragons after dark a little bit but do you, she's just staring at it at the end of the episode. Do you get the impression she takes it? Yes. 
Okay, me too. Well, let's talk yes. more about it. Should we get oh, into Dragons After Dark? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, Kalisar, for those of you dropping off right now, thanks for joining us. and We'll see you next week. But now we're going to enter into all sorts of spoilery discussion in dun, 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 Dragons After Dark. All right. That's a good question, man. I can't say a thought about whether he she actually drank it or not. Well, here's here's why I actually asked. It was spoilery, I guess. You know, we know in Fire and Blood that she ends up having three children via, well, strongly suggested that it's via Harlan Strong. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wondered, because this, this Christian scene, that does not happen in the books. They do not sleep together in the books. All the different POVs or suggested paths that, that happened here, none of them say they actually ever had sex one of them says yeah one of them says rainier pursued Kristen. he said no one of them says that he pursued her and she said no and and none of them say anything about them sleeping together Mm -hmm. um so this is new so we have to think about where they're going with this right now it could be that uh they're really just kind of trying to set up the spurned suitor thing a little bit more so that his betrayal of her later is is more, more understandable yeah. yeah yep that's what i was thinking mm-hmm. okay but i also the small part of me we did we we glossed over the small appearance of harwin in the streets yeah fire and blood she runs into harwin after being rejected according to one of the stories after being rejected by Kristen, runs into harwin and he has sex with her and then they start on that night yep right mm-hmm. on that night and then they have a relationship and she ends up having three of his children most likely based on you know whatever what we all most of us believe um so i guess the question is are they are they gonna replace harwin with Kristen? or yeah i uh i thought the same thing i think they're keeping harwin in our thoughts enough yeah because otherwise that scene with him her running into him in the street and identifying him as sir harwin yeah, it's useless. I feel like they're keeping him in our thoughts just enough, giving him just enough screen time so that we know who he is when he does come on screen. Yeah. They've done such a good job with this adaptation so far. All of yeah. our all of our quibbles have been exactly that, quibbles basically. I would hate for them to make a wholesale change like this. I yeah, I mean I I was I was not a fan frankly of of having Kristen of those uh, of where your thoughts were going of well I, I I wasn't a fan of them making the change of having them sleep together to begin with right mm, but, I see uh-huh. but I can see I can see how it puts more more emotion behind the betrayal right yeah. so I I get that I think if that's they, if, yeah for sure it was a beautiful scene I don't regret having it for all the reasons we discussed above um but if they if they morphed that into a bigger story changing thing shocking i mm-hmm. said yeah 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 you have to wonder if if um that feeling feeling completely just used by targaryens could be kind of what brings kristen and alicent together now obviously they don't have anything romantic but can kind of help them have something to uh identify with each other and find kind of common ground um a lot of these things happen that way and then 
resentment builds, resentment builds, resentment builds. Um, right. But this this seems to lay some solid foundation there for that, which which I like. Yeah, I think if if that's where they go with it, I'll be it'll it'll be nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think um, if Damon had done had had actually had sex with her in the pleasure house, would that have changed anything? Like from Viserys's perspective, would he have given her the hand, given his hand, her hand to him? Wow, I haven't thought of that. I think he maybe would have eventually, but not at first. You have to cool first. I think he would have still gone ballistic. And then after having th- thought about it for a time, he would have realized that would be for the, those who are listening, I'm making air quotes, for the best. <laughs> yeah, and maybe. made that decision to let it happen. But yeah. I think he still would have gone ballistic. What else you got? Spoilery. What about you, though? I want to hear what you think. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I think... I think he had to give him to the moon team and got his brother out of there. Yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it changes it really. Yeah. But especially if he, especially if it got couched the same way where he realized he wasn't even really in love with Rhaenyra, that he just really just after the throne, I think he would have made the same choice, I guess. Right. Definitely see that happening too. And then of course, Kristen wouldn't be seeing enemies in every corner and having a heart attack anytime the king summons Rhaenyra. So, I can't believe I'm going to say it. Poor Kristen Cole. <laughs> the show's doing a great job of helping <laughs> us say that. Oh gosh, um, I just have some tiny things. Uh, when they're partying out in the streets, an old eyeless lady asks, "Do you wish mm. to know your death, child?" Mm-hmm. And then the little scene right after that shows a dragon breathing fire, like a sconce mm-hmm. dragon, like a mm-hmm. statue dragon bre- with fire coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Just how Rhaenyra dies. Rhaenyra uh, dies uh, inflamed and then eaten by a dragon, right? Correct. Correct. Her second youngest son sees it happen, which is fun. Which is always great to see. Yeah. yeah. Good, good pull. Uh, also, our first look at Helena is her crying. Which we know Helena leads a very tragic, sad life. Um, and she ends up doing a lot of that tragically and unfortunately. Yes. And if she does, uh, and somebody, was it Chloe maybe? Somebody, somebody posted a picture of her standing in front of the window because Helena jumps out that window. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or yep. is thrown out. I can't remember now. Been, I need to go touch up on my future fire and blood a little bit. Good call. Whoever yeah. said that one. Dang. I think it was Chloe. Probably. Uh, I mentioned kind of in the streets, the streets of silk scene, uh, Rhaenyra's not caring about the people and their voice. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, I think we get that. I think we get that feeling from her later. Yeah. 
as she gets older, just very much, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm doing this my way. The realm's delight was very yep. much not the realm's delight as an adult. Yeah. And I think we're, you know, we're seeing here that she's, she's very much, I'm going to do this my way and I don't care mm-hmm. about other mm-hmm. people. I think, I think we're starting to see that come out and we're going to see it more. Yeah. Um, what do you think we might see in episode five? Yeah. Or, or sorry, I, I might have moved to that too quickly. Do you have anything else for Dragons After Dark? Well, it's 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 really just a small thing, again, comparing back to Fire and Blood a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, this is one of the more confusing parts of Fire and Blood because we get the differing narrators telling different versions of the story and trying to yeah, piece Mushroom together who said what Runciter, and Mushroom yeah. and Eustace and Runciter and general understanding of the population. We have all these different ideas of, you know, putting this thread together. And I just want to say that I think that the showrunner, showrunners did a really good job of taking bits of all of the stories and making it a unique story. They didn't pick yeah. one, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't pick their own. They picked parts from here and parts from there and parts from here. And yes, this new thing we added, right? And they just kind of put that thread together. And it's it's worked. I think it works really well. And it's not what I imagined. I imagined they'd just pick one. But they didn't, right. right? They have... You know, we have Damon seducing uh, and claiming to have taken her maidenhead, right? That's that's a Eustace thing. We have Damon being told to to go back to his wife, the Eustace thing. We have um, Rhaenyra wanting Cole. That's a mushroom thing. Mushroom. We have mm-hmm. we have the Street of Silk stuff. It's very abbreviated. You're right, as you mentioned, that happens over months in the book, but that's a mushroom thing too. That that Damon would take her out in the Streets of Silk and show her all these all these things. Um, we have um, Damon saying that she needs to give 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 him give Rhaenyra to him as as his wife, a mushroom thing. Also mushroom, yeah. So yet we, we get pieces from the different stories, and they're just kind of welded together, and it kind of made me think, like, yeah, usually like nobody's story is the right version. It's a combination of different perspectives and stories to get to like the real truth, right? It's kind totally. Of like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have. Love it. Love it. Next episode, uh, it looks like we might have a wedding. Yes. Do you think we'll get the uh, actress switchover or actor switchover? Um, Like mid-episode or anything like that? Or do you think we get one more full episode with Millie and uh, Emily? Is that... The gal who plays uh, Allison. Uh, it's um, uh, oh, um, Emily Carey. Emily Carey, yeah, Emily yeah. Carey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, part of it is just my own. I don't want. I don't want to see them switch in the middle. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it'd be weird storytelling to all of a sudden jump in the middle of an episode like six years forward, later or whatever, and then you got different different actors doing the parts. Feels like there should be a mid season tie up of these storylines right and then and then the next episode starts with that jump right which this would be it right episode five yes so Mm -hmm. i i think we'll get one more episode with the younger actors and then it will change but i'm not i'm not married to it right now that's what i'd prefer to see it's what i think will happen but i don't know right i think we might see damon start to court lena valarian 
Yeah, maybe. maybe I, 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 want, I wonder if it'll happen with the actor switch, right? So age her up. Yeah. Age her up. Um, you know, Damon's got to, because... I don't know what they're going to do with Damon, to be honest. I mean, does the Stepstone thing heat back up again? I don't, I don't know. Is there at this point, would Lana be like 15 ish? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so. So I, mm-hmm. I, I tend to think maybe that'll be the following episode. Maybe he, maybe they talk or something, but I, you know, right. recording, maybe, maybe not for a little bit. Um, okay. I, I, I do think for the third episode running, I'll, I'll predict that Leanna is going to find Vagar. Maybe <laughs> that's, maybe that's something that they use uh, with the courting that Damon. Damon knows yeah. where Vagar is and shows her and then she claims him and he's like now this is a girl I can get behind not in a sexual way <laughs> this, is, this is a partnership, an arrangement a relationship I can get behind, right? right. If he sees her mount Vagar mm-hmm. right? So I like that yeah, yeah. Uh, we need a new hand of the king so we could see Lionel assume that position. I imagine we will next episode. That feels like feels a like, softball prediction. That's yeah. that's an easy one. Feels like they've been setting it up. Yeah, but I think we will start to see the Strongs uh, assert themselves more going yeah. forward, and I think preparing the way for Harwin. Uh, we'll see Laris Clubfoot and a little bit more. We didn't see him this last episode. So. No. No, we didn't. I agree. I think the Harwin's going to start showing up. Um, you know, I'm re- I'm really interested to see what they do with Kristen. Right? Is he? They're going to have to do something. Right? Either he's still on the side and has an understanding with Ray and Ira that she's still, they still will continue whatever they have going on, and even with the marriage to Leonor, or they could still do the scene that where he goes to her and says, "Don't marry this guy. Go with me." I think they will. And then that's what, you know, that's what makes him turn, right? right. And so I think we might get that scene. Uh, that would be really cool to see. I think he um, will. I think that will happen. Yep. Yeah. I had that written down as, and then when she says no, he's like, okay, wait a second. Yeah. Wait a second. This right. all started with you. And then she quickly moves to Harwin. And I think we'll see Harwin, you know, become... You know, a confidant pretty quickly after that. Again, a pretty softball, right. softball prediction, I guess. But, right. Yeah. What do you think about Allison and Rhaenyra? Because th- this is interesting, right? So, Allison believes Rhaenyra supposedly, right? They seem still to be kind of supporting one another, right? Or at least Allison seems supportive of Rhaenyra. She's now going to marry Leonor, which is something that Viserys wanted. It's something that I think. Allison would get behind. So she's, you know, Rainer is falling in line or whatever. Uh, at some point, there has to be some antagonism. There has to be start. an event. Yeah. And I don't know what that's going to be because it, I don't right. think we've seen anything from Allison where she's going to be like, oh, she's getting married and going to have heirs of her own. Now yeah. is the time for me to turn villain mode, right? But there's got to be something that drives a wedge between them. Yeah. And I don't know what that's going to be. Do you think it might come out that it was Rhaenyra that got Otto canned? And would Allison be that upset by it? 
I don't know if it would be that much. I don't, I don't but know if she'd it be could, that upset by it. Yeah, that's what I wonder is, would she be that upset? Because it seems like Otto's more like a bee in her ear or bee in her bonnet more than anything. Yeah, I mean, um, she came to his defense a little bit this episode when she says, my father's not a gossip. Right. It's a minor thing there. It could be the start of something. Like, yeah. you got my dad canned or something. Well, yeah. You married my dad, so you want to talk about dads? Let's talk about dads. Yeah, let's not bring dads into this. (laughs) Uh, But there has to be something. Maybe something with kids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, something. Maybe, do you think? Nah, Kristen wouldn't like tell, would he? Would that do it? If Kristen told he Alex, would. like after he was spurned, if he told her, then she would know that she was lied to. Like, I wonder, would that do? Would that do it? Would that get her Maybe. angry enough? Yeah. It's got to be something. I think it's got to do, yeah, something with trust or with yeah. kids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Good question. Now, now we're just guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this will happen next episode, but one prediction I have is that they are going to ride this, um, this slow infection that Viserys is getting. And if that's going to be what kills him in the book, it's very anticlimactic. He just like dies in his sleep. And I feel like they've got to give something more gruesome or more hard hitting. It feels uh, like they're going that way. It's also kind of a metaphor of like, um, the realm deteriorating under his rule. Ooh, I like that. I hadn't thought of that and yeah but but this is a period of prosperity the greatest the realm has ever experienced but underneath it is the rot the rot yep right and 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 also um you know it's almost like a countdown right to this very real powder keg of what we saw on the streets today Mm -hmm. of in this episode of people not just common people don't want rainier to be air and so as that disease gets worse and worse and you can see it coming it's it's like a countdown right and the visual nature of us seeing it come and 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 rayanira and allison both seeing it coming as well helps you know help helps that whole yeah storyline right them slowly deteriorating and it would be significant fire and blood talks in a couple of instances about how the throne will reject the unworthy who it deems unworthy to sit upon it yeah. And uh, the rot all started with a cut that Viserys got on his finger from the Iron Throne. The throne. Yeah. Right. So and following we get, that. You get that with Rhaenyra too, right? Right. She, yeah. she does not sit comfortably on that throne. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think, that's I think all Allison, I got, Allison will also be pregnant again, I think. Amond? Yeah, we got to get Amond in there. We got to get Amond yep. in there. Yep. Good call. That's all I got. Kalisar, it's been a blast. Scatty, it's been a blast. Shall we sign off? Yeah. Okay. This is Matt signing off, reminding you that Damon sometimes says okay things. And in this time, he says this, you cannot live your life in fear or you will forsake the best parts of it. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll sign off uh, with... uh an apology for a 
a tweet I sent out that was a little bit more aggressive than it should have been. I wanted to just poke a little bit at the Targaryen fans and have a little fun. And I worded it way too, way too. You angry. stabbed them with a black Blackwood sword. <laughs> I, I went all Blackwood on them. Yeah. I went Will and Blackwood all over them. And, uh, you know, sometimes just when you read my tweets, I'm joking, you know, that's all. That's it. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Like I said, Scad, those who know you best, those who know you best know. Hopefully. Yeah, they do. They do. All right. Good night, everybody. Until night, everybody. next time. Bye.